Hey, Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading App. Today is January 31st, and we're here in the Bible Reading Plan, reading through one chapter at a time in the book of Luke. Today, we are reading from Luke chapter 23. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted. He stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he heard that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased, because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us, as you can see. He has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him, and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. As the soldiers led him away, They seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, 
What will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. This concludes the reading of Luke chapter 23. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. Okay, so today I want to bring up something that a lot of people don't understand. And to be honest with you, I might have this a little bit wrong. I don't know. But all I can tell you is that this doesn't make sense unless you understand who God is. So there's a lot of talk about different dimensions and different worlds. And we live in a society that loves this thought of alternate universes. While this isn't exactly what that is about, this kind of goes in the same line of things we can't fully explain. See, on verse 43, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, today... You will be with me in paradise. 
Now, there's a little bit of a problem with that statement. What is the problem? Well, Jesus was dying on a cross and carrying the sins of mankind. And so, because he had those sins, he was being separated from the Father, which is why we read in the book of John that he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Not only that, later, Mary holds on to him at the garden tomb, and he says to her, Don't hold on to me because I have not yet gone to my Father. So, think about this for just a second. Jesus dies on a cross with all the sins of mankind. This separates him from the Father. Not only that, he's in the tomb for three days, and he has not gone back to see the Father yet. So let me ask you this. How is it that he is able to say, today you will be with me in paradise, if in fact that day he did not go to paradise? Well, the kind of trippy answer is this. God does not exist inside of time. Time is something that was made for earth. Think about creation. Light and dark happened, but it wasn't until the fourth day that God created the sun and the moon, and he created them to govern time. He says he put them in the sky to govern the day and the night. Up to that point, I don't know that time really existed. It was light. It was dark. It was morning. It was evening. But it wasn't until that fourth day that God said he would create a way for there to be a governing over time. So with God existing outside of time, that's why he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He just exists as God. There is no time limitations. He doesn't get older. He doesn't change over time. He just exists as God as the one who is Lord over all things. So when the thief on the cross died, he did get to go and be with God in paradise that day. Even though here on this earth, Jesus didn't go to be with the Father that same day. I know, this is a little crazy, right? But the truth is, God exists beyond our limitations. And I don't think we always think about that. We think that God has to make sense inside of our world. But remember, he created this world. He existed outside of it. It's why David is able to say that he holds the earth and all that are in it in the palm of his hand because he isn't limited by this world. It's also why he was able to raise himself from the dead, that the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God the Father, existed inside the Son and caused him to be able to raise from the dead. He has no earthly limitation like we do. So put that in your mind while you think about God. And then, that should make you comfortable being able to ask him anything. To ask him to do whatever your imagination can come up with. That if it's in his will, he is able to do it. So go boldly before the throne room. Believe that God has the authority and the power to do things that don't make sense. Things that we wouldn't be able to comprehend on our own mind. He can do without even thinking about it. Because he exists beyond our earthly limits. And that is why we serve such a big, awesome, and mighty God. 
And that's the God who desperately loves you. That's why Jesus came and died on this cross so that you could be with him today. So if you've never done it, I encourage you to admit that he truly is the son of God. Because once you do that, he looks at you and says, today you are able to be with me in paradise. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. Thank you.